Welcome to HR edition of B2B Nation, part of the Technology Advice Podcast Network. Today's episode is with Jeff First, the founder at First Person, a tool for pre-hire assessments and interview platforms. Thanks so much for joining the B2B Nation, Jeff. Uh, just wondering if you could start us off here with a little more about your background and First Person. Sure, Josh. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, so in terms of my background, I um, uh, started out uh, in the um, banking world after graduating from Northwestern and then uh, I went to business school and then worked at AT&T in a marketing capacity. And that's where I started to learn about hiring and some of the challenges around hiring. And I started first person back in 1998, which is a long time ago now. But uh, um, in the original goal of the company was to uh, look at helping companies from a staffing perspective. And then we started to create assessments and focus more on kind of a data-driven hiring process. Uh, which is kind of where we are today. So, you know, transitioning into more about first person and what what uh, the company does, we really try to answer the question of how do we help an organization, a company, improve the probability they're going to hire the right person, and uh, and and that means the right person for a specific job. And we focus their kind of a specialty around frontline service, support, and sales um, type. Uh, uh, positions so that could be over the phone, that could be in person, that could be electronic. One of the growth areas we're seeing is is through like chat tools and and, and those kind of uh, uh, channels for customers to interact with companies. Uh, we are global. Uh, we work with uh, uh, in over 25 different countries. Uh, our platform, our software platform, is available in, in multiple languages, and it really comes down to, um, uh, in essence, creating a hiring process that's linked to data and business outcomes so that we can deliver a, uh, a hiring process that's uh, helping organizations improve overall profitability. Very interesting. So I know you mentioned the predictive strength of tools and sort of how analytics are working their way into the workforce. Could you talk a little bit more about that and sort of uh, how companies are beginning to use analytics to, to drive decisions in HR? You know, unlike, you know, finance or, or IT or operational investments where there's a lot of quantitative you know components to if we make this investment decision here's the business case right and they could have a tangible linkage back to some type of improvement in, in an outcome within whatever component of the business that was related to HR couldn't do that right it was a lot of feel-good stuff and, and compliance and administrative and now today I think it's a really good thing that you know with the advantage of having um, access to information and, and be able to tie that to an analytics driven process you can you can say you know if we design this hiring process in a certain way we're going to hire people that are you know, x percent more likely to stay on the job and and, and perform at a, at a certain percentage above the baseline which means we're able to drive you know additional sales per per interaction or a better csat experience or better net promoter scores um, which translates into a financial gain and, and you can quantify that and i think that is just in general for the human resource component is, is a great thing, right? It, it makes, now now they're kind of on same, the same footing as other areas within the corporation. Um, you know, back to your question though, you know, around kind of the, the trends and such, I think uh, I think that will only continue. And I think the ability to um, use, to, to like in our, in our kind of discussions with customers, it's how do you link the hiring process to onboarding to, production to employee engagement and you really kind of have this closed loop you know concept where you're 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 pulling data from these areas and you're using that to reinforce other areas to basically you know 
do a better job at evaluate, you know, identifying candidates and hiring them and, and helping them be more engaged as employees because we know that you know employee engagement is really important. Um, I think the the you know at least on the pre-hire side, I think there is a um, a, a potentially a, you know a, a, a downfall or a, a concern where um, you know it's 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 one thing to just have. Um, you know, two data points and they intersect and there's a statistical relationship and you say, well, now I've, I've, I've you know, cracked the code. Here's, here's why people are successful. Um, the question is, can you replicate that tomorrow, right? Because just because you have two data points that work today. So I think, you know, there still is, um, and, and, and this is something we talk to our customers about a lot, is, you know, understanding the story of the job. You know, why is somebody successful in the job? What are those inherent kind of uh um, components around performance, um, you know, ability to perform, motivation to perform, skills to perform, you know, what does that job look like? And the ability to measure that and understand that uh, in a more conceptual way, and then you can bring kind of the data story underneath that so you can measure those components and such. But I think, you know, a lot of companies are missing that, and I think that ultimately will um, limit the success they'll have around improvement in hiring because you have to have that consistency and that narrative understood, and and it's not it's, okay, it's not just two data points working. Don't get me wrong, you know analytics is critical to to I think driving everything, but um, but a lot of companies don't spend enough time around that 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 front end uh, due diligence around what what work looks like and be able to define that and kind of that narrative story. For sure, and that's that's really interesting, and I'm glad that you brought this up because I think. At least for me, my, my conception of, of HR, of hiring, is a relatively qualitative analysis of someone. So, you're, you know, you're, you're looking at their traits and, and how they interact with people. And it's, it's really exciting that you're sort of bringing the quantitative aspect of it to it because then you can, like you said, you can measure more effectively and sort of obviously you can't compare apples to oranges because every person's different. But I think that is a, a great sort of model um, for, for the future and it can make hiring and, you know, pre-hiring assessments more accurate. So to pivot a little bit, you mentioned earlier that currently your platform is available in multiple languages and it's sort of a, a global platform. How does does this sort of model scale across the globe? So, I mean, are companies sort of looking at, at the same general traits in, in people? Um, are they looking to measure people in generally the same way across, across the globe? Or um, are you seeing sort of different aspects and, and different traits that people are looking for in the U.S. versus maybe Europe versus Australia or something? So talk to a little bit about the, the international um, spin, I guess, on, on HR? Sure. That's a, that's a great question, Josh. And I think, uh, you know, I probably divide that, the answer into, um, to two components. Um, the first area would be, um, the, the actual job and, and what are the competencies and, and how are you going to measure a candidate and how does that differ from one country to another? The second component would be how does the hiring process actually work? Right. And so, so let's take the, the the latter one first, because it's a little a little more straightforward. So so you know in the United States, uh, we were fortunate that uh, a lot of individuals have at, either they own a computer that's connected to the internet on a high speed connection, and they have that at home, or they they have access to that through um, uh, you know a, a friend, family member, or some type of uh, um, public, you know, supported environment like a library or job center or something like that. 
And so, um, but but when you move to the world, and, and, and so we do a lot of work in the contact center space and a lot of customers who are um, business process outsourcer providers. So they are handling customer interactions on behalf of a company, right? So they're, they're, they're in essence, outsourcers, if you will. And, uh, and a, a lot of those organizations have set up operations outside North America, the Philippines being a good example. The Philippines, I think, is now the second largest uh, market um, in terms of uh, um, number of employees working in contact centers, um, excuse me, working in contact centers. And so, um, but, you know, in the Philippines, you have, um, obviously, they're, they're, there's a, a, a distinct wage difference. Um, you don't, they don't have the same infrastructure necessarily consistently. Uh, and, and, you know, when you look at have, having been there and you see, you know, they might travel, um, you know, via bus into, you know, an area of Manila, and then they might take, you know, some type of, of a group taxi to a business area, or they might ride their bike to the bus and take the bus to this group taxi. You know, so you have this, 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 you know, very interesting um, uh, labor market. Well, they're not going to have a computer at home, right? So, but they do all have mobile devices. So they may start the process on on their phone. But again, there are some limitations to what you can measure and evaluate a candidate. Uh, so there, you know, it's that the access is really more about, you know, getting getting the initial access started, and then they come into the actual operation to do testing. So it's kind of like how I was describing earlier, you know, we've, when, we, when we first got started back in the early 2000s, you still had candidates coming physically into your office to test. And so various countries are, you know, like the Philippines or other, you know, similar uh, environments offshore, are, are you have to do, you have to understand that that access and and how is the candidate actually going to be evaluated? And again, I'm talking more hourly level versus professional, um, you know, higher level. So that's that's the first thing, or you know, to kind of think about. And then talking about, you know, how do you, what's the job like, and what are you going to measure? I mean, for the most part, um, at, a, at a relatively high level, obviously, put aside language um, is is, is uh, you know, an obvious differentiation point. But um, but for the most part, at least how we think of it is, you you know. Jobs have problem solving. Jobs have you know behavioral component. Jobs have different work skills, and so you're going to measure those in a similar way across no matter where you are. Where you get into differences would be on things like uh, like what we call a biographical data, where you might ask the candidate a series of questions about you know their you know their high school or schooling experience or um, early work experience, you know those types of things. And there you get into a cultural differentiation, right? So, so what we, you know, that type of test would work fine here in the U.S. or Canada or maybe the U.K. or Australia because you know Western country, you know, kind of that Western philosophy, all rooted, you know, a similar, you know, approach in 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 language and so on and so forth. But to take that to uh, maybe um, uh, other parts of the world that are certainly modern countries, it's a different experience they have growing up. So that tool doesn't work, right? But general personality, general kind of problem-solving ability, general stimulations, um, as long as you account for some of those cultural differences, uh, and certainly if there's a language issue, like for, for example, you know, you think of, Japanese or, or, or China, where, where languages and um, Mandarin or, or Japanese, you know, where where how they read and interpret information on a screen is going to be different than how we you know do that. So there is you have to understand that, 
but the fundamental measurement is still basically the same. What are some challenges? What are you sort of looking to overcome in the next five years? What, what do you see as a difficulty, not only for the industry, but for first person? And how are you looking to, uh, to solve it? Sure. So that's a, that's a great question. I think um, you know, we've been fortunate to, uh, to continue to grow and, and expand our um, footprint in the space. Uh, um, but I think, uh, I think let's first talk about the industry and, and I think a few challenges. And I think some of those also probably are you know, similar to any, any individual provider in the space. And I can talk you know, specifically about some of the we're thinking of, but yeah, I think in terms of the, um, uh, you know, the, and again, I'm, I'm thinking more within the HR capital space, Josh, you know, thinking more about that pre-hire process and, and, and which is where we obviously focus our time and effort. So um, one area that, that's uh, an area of opportunity and, and, and uh, I think it will continue to become um, more important is the candidate experience. So, you know, you, when you talk to companies, you know, we're all consumers. We all work with, you know, your, your telecommunications company or your financial services companies, and they all measure the customer experience, right, through various, you know, surveys and things. And I think the candidate experience, because candidates are also customers of these organizations, uh, will continue to um, become more important and in, in, there'll be a lot of time and effort around how to create the optimal candidate experience. I mean, for example, you know, the, the mobile technology, right? So I have a cell phone, I have a tablet, um, I might have a cell phone with a five-inch screen or even a six-inch screen now, right? Um, so how... now? But that doesn't mean that the that's the right way to evaluate a candidate. There's certainly from an access standpoint, it's a lot easier. But let's let's take a, a contact center job for example. Well, if you're hiring somebody to work in your contact center, they um, and, and or actually any job where they're on they're on a computer throughout the day, you want to be able to measure their work skills around that computer. Can they multitask? Are they accurate with information? So on and so forth. Well, you can do something on your you can test them on a mobile device in some you know form of a app or something like that, but you really can't can't do the same similar computer experience and have a a, a decent measurement. So that's a trade-off. What do you, you know is the trade-off? Is it is it more important to have at the top of the funnel easier access, you have more people coming through, or is it more important to evaluate the candidate in an environment on a, or a set of tools that's like the job, so you know whether they can be successful or not, or is there a hybrid in between, right? And I think that's a that's a challenge that uh, sits out there that needs to be resolved, and, and there's no right or wrong answer. It's just kind of a, I think more. I think data will ultimately determine what's the right approach, right? And so, uh, so that's an area I think that's important. Uh, I think privacy will, in um, security, yeah, I think that will, um, you know, as we see, you know, we we hear in the sports world even, and and, and certainly in, in business today. Seems you know, every day the reason, there's a new story. Every, yeah. every day there's something, right? I mean, you have the IRS, you have, you know, Car- baseball Cardinals, teams, you yeah. have, yeah. I mean, you, you know, so so the ability to um, uh, continue as as the tools become sophisticated, even more sophisticated, the ability to have even more data. You know, how do we make sure that we're protecting the individual candidate, keeping their their information private? Um, at the same time, you know, how do we use that accordingly? 
I think there's also some challenges that may happen around the regulatory compliance arena. I mean, for example, the space has exploded with video interviewing, right? And there's, there's lots of companies that do video interviewing and provide those toolkits. We've yet to see a significant EOC challenge on that for discriminatory, you know, practices. Will that happen? You know, I, I just certainly don't wish any will on anybody on that. But at the same time, you know, we, you know, in the testing world, the traditional assessment world, there's been a lot of, there's already been a lot of, um, you know, cases, a lot of work and, and validation studies done around to protect the candidate and the organization is doing the hiring around that. So I think there's, there's, you know, in that case where you have technology so far, you know, in front of, of you know, the, the regulatory environment, and, and it's not just video interviewing, but other areas um, with adaptive testing and so on and so forth, you know, what will happen, um, you know, how, how will that balance out and will that balance out in a way that allows technology to continue to help companies and candidates or will it balance out in a way that becomes potentially a hindrance? Um, for us, you know, just that there, you know, I think it's, 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 it's really comes back to the investment decisions, you know, where, where um, we're privately held, uh, we've not raised outside capital, so we fund everything through our, our cash flow and retained earnings and, and so on and so forth. Um, and, and it's, it's a nice position to be in, uh, you know, so for us, it's, it's kind of like, well, you know, as I discussed earlier, um, software is more important the interface is more important. Uh, we're fortunate again, we, we've been an innovator around certain types of tools like simulations and analytics and, and adaptive testing. Uh, but you know, as, as those areas that I described in terms of, uh, privacy, security, the candidate experience. Um, you know, for us, it's really how do we continue to make the right investment decisions so that we are, you know, driving the same innovation we've been driving for the last, you know, 15 plus years uh, to make sure that we're delivering the right, you know, tools our customers are looking for. Um, that's really, to me, the, the probably the, the biggest question and, and, and obviously the most challenging question to answer because nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows exactly, you know, what's going to happen. But, uh, um, but, you know, we've got a good track record with great customers. We deliver results for them. And so we'll just continue to leverage that experience and success we've had to, to make those right choices. So perfect segue into how can our listeners find out more about First Person? Well, great. Well, it's uh, um, a number of ways. I think uh, um, two that are uh, top of mind. Um, we have at, at firstperson.com, so it's F-U-R-S-T-P-E-R-S-O-N.com. Uh, we offer a number of different resources um, for for individuals, and, and while they certainly can be first person specific, uh, we do have a lot of kind of um, you know higher level thought pieces around um, things to think about. You know when you're looking at, at a pre hire process, different questions to ask, uh, different um, uh, ebooks and white papers to help you know individuals do more research. Uh, case studies to see how you know how has an organization successfully implemented these types of tools. So um, those can all be uh, accessed through the uh, uh, our, our website in the resource section. And then we we have a blog um, that we post at least three times a week, um, where again we're writing you know more higher level thought leadership type content to you know basically just we ask the kind of questions similar to what you guys do is you know what's what's the problem somebody's facing and, and how might they think about solving this problem related to HR and hiring and analytics and different tools 
Uh, and so um, we we publish that every every you know every week three times a week at least. So I'd encourage people to uh, you know subscribe to that blog and 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 interact and you know with us you know through the comments and such. And then on LinkedIn we also run a, a group HR and talent management uh, that people can join as well. So um, those are three you know areas. Of course they can follow us on Twitter and and, and receive the same information um, at first person. Um, and uh, you know we'd love to. Uh, hear from people and understand you know what are what are challenges they're facing and and uh, see if we can provide some content back to them to help them out fantastic well what a great sort of all-encompassing solution so thank you so much jeff for joining me today uh, really appreciate it also thank you to our listeners for following along to find out more about b2b nation please check us out on twitter itunes or soundcloud give us a tweet a follow a subscription or a rating we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening